Good evening, everyone. Welcome to at another episode of FinTech X. I'm Sandeepa, VP Engineering at Credix. Credix offers supply chain finance solutions to SMEs. Today, we have with us two very distinguished FinTech experts, Nagin Komu, founder and CEO, Digital AI, and Siddharth Agarwal, founder and managing director, Mobicule Technologies. Nagin and Siddharth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sandeepa. Uh, Nagin, hi. Uh, pleasure meeting you. Hi, Siddharth. And uh, thanks, Sandeepa, for having me here. Yeah, thank you. The episode for today is Enhancing Consumer Trust, Data Protection in the fin FinTech Landscape. Uh, we can please begin with uh, your introduction for the benefit of our listeners. And post that, we'll proceed on the podcast topic. Yeah. Great. Uh, Nagin, you want to go first? Uh, it's fine, Sadadi. You can yeah. go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Sadhipa and Nagin, hi. I'm, uh, you know, just uh, for the benefit of everybody, uh, the, I run this uh, pretty uh, fast moving company called Mobicule. Uh, we are uh, one of the, uh, you know, one of the early entrants in the debt collection uh, platform space. So, uh, while I think uh, most of the world focuses on the customer acquisition and underwriting and lending, uh, we took the tail of it uh, where uh, we are focusing on the debt collection, which is basically return of capital for the banks in NBFCs. Uh, we have an end-to-end -end platform which uh, caters to debt monitoring, uh, debt collection and recovery. So uh, obviously we deal, deal with a lot of uh, a lot of consumer data on our platform and uh, you know a lot of other things happen uh, that's that's uh, you know roughly us we've been in 15 years into business uh, debt collection uh, space for more than seven plus years now and uh, you know that's a quick background hi everyone um, this is nagin um, i am the ceo and founder of a, a startup called digitapp um, so we founded digitapp about three years back um, and uh, at Digitap, as uh, Siddharth rightly pointed out, uh, we actually work on providing solutions to a lot of companies in the BFSI space in the customer onboarding and as well as uh, underwriting space. So we are a nice uh, um, complementary sort of a, uh, solution providers to uh, Mobicule. Um, uh, so uh, we do have two different sets of solutions that we do provide. One is uh, completely focused on providing APIs um, and SDKs to fintechs and BFSI companies in the onboarding space, wherein we focus pretty much on both SME and as well as uh, uh, the retail or individual onboarding. Um, and we also provide several APIs in the alternate data space, wherein we provide a lot of <laughs> a uh, lot of uh, alternate data about a particular individual or a company which will then enable um, uh, most of our clients who are into the lending uh, business uh, in order to take a call whether this particular individual we should lend to based on the data that we provide right um, so yeah we work with about close to 100 plus uh, clients as we speak uh, and uh, we've been in the business for the past three years Okay. Thank you, Siddharth. Thank you, Nagin. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, moving on to the topic um, about uh, consumer trust and uh, data protection. 
So we often hear a lot about uh, consumer data protection, data privacy, and uh, data regulation acts. We have uh, GDPR, General Data Protection Regulation, uh, in the European region, the mention of which we often get to uh, read about a lot in the newspaper articles. Recently, the Italian Data Protection Authority uh, accused one of the AI companies of violating the EU data protection rules. And also locally, we are aware that the Indian government has drafted the Digital Personal Data Protection Bill 2022. So we know and agree that it's all about consumer data protection being paramount. And with this context, uh, Siddharth, starting with the trust factor. So what's the role of consumer trust in promoting fintech uh, adoption and growth, according to you? Uh, I think uh, it's it's the number number one factor, right? So uh, mm -hmm. if you are uh, you're, you are a fintech or if you're handling any kind of data directly or indirectly, which has uh, uh, you know consumer details, whether it is uh, you know personal information, demographic details, uh, or any such data, uh, it's I think a bare minimum that uh, the consumer is expecting that his data is private and uh, protected from leaks, uh, so that uh, you know uh, his uh, his privacy in the long run uh, is, is protected. So uh, it is the number one factor, uh, uh, and uh, I believe uh, as the laws are coming up, uh, irrespective of that. Uh, there is a huge amount of uh, focus, at least uh, when we deal with our clients, which are large banks, NBFCs, uh, you know, uh, they they place a huge amount of importance and, uh, you know, uh, processes to ensure that uh, data remains secure. And in case, even if it gets, uh, you know, there are ch challenges or if there is any leaks, it is in a uh, encrypted format, doesn't move out of the system. Okay. And uh, in a way, Siddharth, it's also uh, somehow linked with the reputation of the company, isn't it? Uh, yeah, 100%, right? So if you, uh, I think uh, there is no second chance uh, in this space, at least when it comes to consumer data. So uh, definitely as a, you know, establishing brand, uh, it becomes very critical that you have the checks and balances in place. Because uh, if once uh, you you uh, you have compromised or you get compromised uh, customer data, the market you know market or the consumer is unforgiving uh, in that space. Okay. So uh, Nagin, there's yeah. always tension between data collection and uh, protecting consumer privacy. Uh, more data collected means uh, increased impact severity in case of data breaches uh, means security requirements uh, bump up, uh, essentially. But uh, you always need more and more data, uh, whatever may be the reason. Uh, so we need a balancing act here. So Nagin, what are the challenges uh, faced by fintech companies uh, while performing this balancing act, uh, balancing the data-driven innovations with the needs of data protection? So um, uh, like I pointed out in my introduction, right, uh, we deal a lot 
on a da daily basis with a lot of data, right? Specifically, uh, if I just take um, uh, the lending tech as an industry, right? Um, we provide a lot of data points to our clients on consumers and uh, businesses for them to be able to take this decision on whether to lend to this particular customer or not, right? <laughs> now, these uh, most of these fintechs, as on today, are dependent a lot on data. So there is there is absolutely no uh, no um, second thoughts on it. Um, for predominantly for two reasons, right? One is with the use of data, what they are able to do is they are able to reduce the uh, turnaround times for providing loans to consumers, right? Now, yeah. what that has done is they are able to achieve scale because of that, right? Um, now, if you have to serve 1.4 billion consumers in uh, in a country like India, right? Um, you can't just be relying on, uh, especially with the intent of having financial inclusion. Um, you want everybody to be uh, every every citizen of India to have access to financial services and all that. Um, you cannot rely on say physical modes of delivering those financial services, right? Because any physical touch points, the more and more physical touch points you have, the more and more interventions uh, uh, you want from the user, uh, it will just restrict your ability to cater to uh, or scale and cater to that many number of users, right? That is where I think over the last three, four years, uh, the adoption of data and the adoption of tools like UPIs of the world and all have played an extremely crucial role in terms of bringing a lot more consumers uh, into the paradigm, right? Um, which is also one of the stated goals of uh, the government of India is that, that they want to have a financial inclusion and all that, right? So, uh, and that's been made possible with the use of data and the advent of various data sources, right? So, uh, obviously, fintechs, banks, NBFCs, and uh, mm -hmm. companies in the BFSI space, uh, they understand the importance of data and uh, they just cannot, they are, they are so dependent on data now that they just cannot do away with uh, data, right? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, having said that, there is also a balancing act that they will have to do in terms of how much data would they ask for from a customer and uh, how would they collect this data, how would they store this data and all that, right? Um, so there are challenges at multiple places and the first challenge is on the uh, is on how much of data would they want their consumers to provide right mm -hmm. um, and see there was a little bit of a confusion or not that much of a clarity in this particular area as to um, what is the right amount of data that can be used of a consumer right uh, but thankfully to the account aggregator uh, framework that's been introduced by the government right which is that consent driven um, architecture and consent driven process i think now um, most of the companies are um, coming down to a um, coming down to an understanding that um, that uh, this is the bare minimum uh, 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 norms that we will have to establish Mm -hmm. uh, without impacting the um, customer privacy. Like, for example, I think now the companies are understanding the fact that there are only two ways of taking the data. One is if the data is publicly available, um, then yes, we could go and uh, uh, use that particular data. Or 
the data if the data is not publicly available then you will need to have a consent that needs to be obtained from the user right mm -hmm. uh, now however challenging that consent is i don't think now um, uh, the companies are having any way around that particular consent uh, structure right and i think that is the key uh, message that is getting delivered as part of the digital data production bill as well right uh, they are also uh, molding that particular uh, bill on the fact that you know you can only use data as long as there is a consent uh, that is given by the user around that particular data hmm. and the bill and the account aggregator ecosystem uh, so these are only examples of how that consent uh, uh, needs to be managed right so for example even if you want any data point to be collected from a user uh, you will need to first uh, tell the user explicitly as to what is that data that you would want to collect for how long do you want to collect that data and what is the purpose for collecting that data right and mm -hmm. also uh, uh, i think uh, uh, the the regulations will also make it more more and more clear is that that if the consumer does not want to provide that data point right um, on a, on a continuous basis you will also need to provide a provision to that consumer in terms of how you can he can revoke the data right mm -hmm. now once this sort of a structure is clear right um, through the account aggregator process and through the various bills like the data production bill i think now there is a little bit of a comfort uh specifically from uh the bfsi companies in terms of what sort of data they can use and uh, um uh, how how they can use the data and without impacting their business uh, processes and uh, innovation okay so uh, more likely the framework will evolve over the period of time and along with the uh, supplementary uh, self regulatory acts from fintechs so yes absolutely so, uh, sandeep i'll just uh, add over there so you uh, you know we we are discussing two aspects one is balancing in terms of uh, how much data uh, has to be taken and second is governing that who has access to this data so if you look at it fundamentally uh, mm -hmm. these are the two uh, two things at a broad level that needs to be uh, you know when it comes to data privacy data protection mm. it should be looked at right so yes. when we are saying balancing i think uh, nagim covered in a very uh, exhaustive way that uh, you know how much data has to be taken so for example if you have to take a loan uh, there isn't a guideline saying that uh, for a personal loan or a credit card you can only collect this set of data points obviously beyond uh, poi and poa which you know identifies a person and where he stays and who is a person uh, beyond that uh, to make a credit decision you take a lot of data points and there isn't a guideline to do this so obviously each one follows more and uh, i think in today's world if you uh, you know somebody who wants to take a loan he probably is in need of a loan so he kind of gives everything that is asked for because there isn't a uh is there a standardization saying that only these can be collected which obviously is getting now corrected with the digital lending uh you know guideline so that becomes a how part and there obviously uh, companies that are lending will need to probably self regulate and do that because the more information you take 
the more risk uh, you are creating in the system of that information going out or leaking or being misused right now the second aspect of it is uh, how do you govern it so when it comes to governance that who has access to this data and how is this data stored in the system so uh, that's the governing part of it now who has access obviously uh, if there is a credit underwriting process there is a collection process so there are certain individuals that need some basic set of data of the consumer uh to take a decision or to uh, you know get the task done but beyond that how data is stored in the underlying layer uh what practices are there in terms of access to this data uh there i think uh, most uh, i think uh, at least with the bank the bfsi there are very uh, uh, stringent guidelines though though uh, you know it is it is subjective in a lot of aspects but it is still very stringent in terms of uh, doing that so i think if as long as these two major aspects are taken care of i think the complex aspect is how much uh, data to take governing becomes more of a uh, you know easier aspect if you have the base that is encrypted and access restricted uh, automatically it moves from there okay yeah so siddharth uh one of the ways to gain consumer trust is through transparency uh, can you please talk about the importance of transparent data practices in gaining consumer trust and how it will help to achieve the objective yeah i think uh, uh, i think uh, again building up from what nagin said right there are a lot of apps and i think we have now uh, seen a lot of uh, you know uh, a uh, lot of challenges also in lending uh, where some unregulated apps were collecting you know the con contact list of the customers now whether they were doing it with consent without consent uh, is a matter for a different day but uh, e uh, transparency is key so if you are collecting a data points so for example uh, i think uh, we were discussing about uh, when you are uh, your app if there is a lending app or a you know a credit app or a customer acquisition app which is uh, given to the user to probably fill in his details uh, it is it has to be very clearly spelled out what you are accessing and what you are going to store in your system what you are going to take temporarily to take a decision and not store okay and uh, what you are going to uh, store in the system for uh, future uh, decision making okay mm -hmm. now comes the next leg of it that how much of it is because with the advent of uh, data science ml ai we are collecting a lot of data to make our models and our decisioning better uh, whether i am talking about fintech companies right uh, they, so uh, there again uh, you need to be uh, very transparent with the consumer that i think the consumer should be fine as long as you using aggregated data so if i am trying to use a demographic data to aggregate that in a certain age bracket in a certain income bracket you know these are the trends i don't think the consumer should would have any challenge uh, over there but if it gets to specifics where your data is cross shared to a very uh, you know minute level that will become a challenge so uh, without fail i matlab i vouch for uh, that if there is a uh, if you are Uh, taking customer data one without consent no to customer data should be taken second whatever you are taking it has to be clearly spelled spelled out what is going to be stored and how it is going to be used 
in the future uh, i understand uh, uh, you know things are uh, uh, pretty much gray in this area right now but i think mm. that's that's the uh, that goes without uh, saying that if this is uh, done consumer you know customer trust or consumer uh, confidence uh, will be there and we would not face challenge as an industry uh, to grow or move forward okay so uh, to uh, summarize what you have quoted so one needs to be transparent about data collection practices and uh, maybe data privacy policy and uh, giving an option uh, informed uh, consent option uh, so that the consumers providing consent are aware of what's being collected uh, and for what and how long it will be stored or processed for so uh, maybe it will uh, help reducing the fear of misuse and in turn will help with the long term sustainability and uh, relationship correct absolutely spot on okay so nagin uh, moving on to the regulatory landscape uh, for data protection in fintech uh, yeah you have mentioned uh, about a few of the uh, initiatives or the uh, regulatory acts uh, defined or uh, taken by the uh, regulatory bodies in india but uh, uh, in an essence if you would like to uh, give an overview of the uh, key data protection regulations impacting the fintech companies it would help so um uh, so sandeep as i was uh, mentioning previously as well right um, it's only in the last couple of years that um, that um, the rbi and the government of india has started uh, taking data and data privacy and data protection in a very serious manner right um there so if you look at it from a historical point of view right uh, initially um i think uh, in terms of whatever data that was being collected from the users uh, our regulators or our uh, governing bodies were only worried about kyc's or compliance right mm -hmm. uh, protection was not at all a very paramount aspect for them right um as long as you are collecting the data from a compliance or a kyc point of view you are good right beyond that you know whatever data you are going to collect i don't i will not have an issue over that right um i think the first turning point that happened uh, in terms of this data collection was the supreme court order mentioning that you know uh, not everybody can have access to the aadhar data right prior to that i think um, uh, the otp or ekyc model methodology of uh, um, uh, authenticating a customer using the aadhar data was available with everybody i mean any 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 private company could access the aadhar information based on the otp that is provided by the consumer but i think that was the first step especially in the uh, space wherein you know supreme court laid down a law saying that hey other information is private uh, you you cannot other information just like that right i think up until then i mean if you have seen the market if you have seen the market and you followed the market for the past few years up until then uh, there has not been that much of a, a focus coming in into something that is a private data right 
um, as long as the user is providing it, I mean, what? Um, why can't I take it, right? Um, post that, I think uh, uh, once once that happened, I think uh, Google started looking at data, uh, specifically in India. Google started uh, replicating some of the data privacy norms that are there as part of the GDPR and EU uh, and, and, and in the US. It started uh, taking slowly certain steps and certain actions proactively, even before the RBI and uh, Government of India started uh, introducing these things. I think Google was uh, the next pioneer to actually start taking calls saying that, hey, if finance app and you want to get listed in, um, if you want to get listed in, uh, say, my Play Store, you need to adhere to certain production, right? So Google was the first guy to come out and then say, hey, you cannot take. Uh, the location access if you are a finance app of the customer you cannot go and take certain other details from the device of the customer if you are just a finance app these permissions and these informations are only uh, pertaining to say uh, some different sections of the apps right now over the last uh, one one and a half year is when i think the governing body rbi and has started uh, taking data production very seriously and uh, as I mentioned, I think RBI has tried to sort of mirror the GDPR norms by providing a direction in terms of how the consent and data production needs to be done uh, through the account aggregator framework, right? So there, they were absolutely clear in terms of uh, what data can be taken uh, and with how they can take it, um, how what what can be done. Uh, to revoke the consent that has been given and uh, all all those sorts of things, right? Um, the government of India is also focusing on what sort of data, how the data can be taken, how the data can be, consents can be revoked and all that in the data production bill as we speak, right? But as I think uh, Siddharth rightly pointed out, I think there is a huge amount of uh, work that needs to be done from the regulation and as well as a government uh, point of view in terms of what do you do once you take the data, right? How do you ensure that the data needs to be protected? I mean, you can always have a blanket statement saying that, you know, the data needs to be protected, but um, like what sort of protection that needs to happen? What sort of a processing can you do on top of the data? Um, even, even today, as we speak, right, there is absolutely no penalties if there is a data breach. For example, right? Other than a brand and a business loss, I don't think there are any absolutely any penalties that are laid out by your governing bodies if there is a data breach. For example, right? Um, if Udai tomorrow, if somebody comes out and says, "Hey, Udai has leaked my other data of say 100 crores Indian citizens," I don't think there is any penalties or anything levied on Udai, or for that matter, an income tax. Uh, even even whether it be a government. Uh, source of data or whether it be a private company, right? Um, there are, of course, laws in terms of governing as to the data needs to reside within the country, so it cannot go out of the country and all that. So that are out there. But I think um, there's still uh, norms and regulations that need to be established, especially in terms of processing the data. So uh, like, um, should you keep, I mean, the guy who has actually taken the data should the data be residing only with him or uh, can you take the data um, 
uh, and pass it on to a third party? What are the norms guiding the data sharing between these two entities? All those are still a little bit of a gray area in terms of where I think a lot of work and regulation needs to happen. How can collaboration between fintech companies, uh, the regulators and consumers uh, can make this entire uh, process more effective? How do we? Yeah, do yeah. I think uh, uh, though I am not completely aware, there are uh, a couple of uh, fintech bodies, uh, but I think every all the three stakeholders coming together, which is the regulator, uh, the fintech, and as well as the uh, BFSI sector, I'm counting them as one uh, stakeholder because both of them are dealing with data and obviously a consumer uh, side of it. Uh, so there, uh, I think a lot of this can be thrashed out in terms of uh, what can be taken, what has to be taken, how uh, data will be used. And uh, education is something which is lacking in a big way. So that is where I think if the entire uh, industry can collaborate. So if you see already, I think uh, RBI does a lot of uh, lot of promotions in terms of uh, you know uh, security these days. Uh, probably at a similar level, if across the industry, uh, you know, all of us uh, you know uh, spend some time, energy, and uh, bandwidth to educate the consumer saying that you know these are your rights this is what uh, the, the consumer probably has to learn to say no that i would not give you this data point though i know right uh, unfortunately if you want to take a loan and if somebody asks for 15 things it's you provide those 15 things or you're not getting a loan it is that way though that's not it's not should not be that way but yeah that is how it is so probably educating the customer uh, in terms of uh you know what is required uh, obviously there is a lot of common sense that goes that if you are taking a loan your uh except for things which are relevant to the loan you don't need to give give that so if there is a decision making on the credit probably some things you are required beyond that it is not required so i think there were uh there were cases of people taking the entire contact list and if the guy doesn't pay and reaching out uh, that is all absolutely, uh, you know, out of the, you know, which should not happen. It's out of the world uh, altogether. So those, at least those basic uh, training can be done. Um, there are, like not uh, name, but there are a couple of forums uh, where, uh, you know, uh, I think a lo lo lot of uh, the fintechs connect. Uh, and uh, there is, there is some uh, couple of bodies which maintain data uh, of all this as well. Uh, but yeah, if everything, everybody can be brought together, uh, it will be of uh, great value uh, uh, to all the stakeholders, yeah, the consumer, uh, the lender, uh, or the financial services company, as well as uh, the fintech companies uh, and the regulator. Okay. Nagin, coming to future trends, what are the future challenges and opportunities in the data protection area for fintech? One can predict. See, um, in as I as I uh, previously also pointed out, right? I think there is. Uh, uh, I think, in terms of uh, protecting the data, as to how the data needs to be collected and all that, I think mostly it will be driven by your governing bodies or um, your bodies like Google who are the gatekeepers, 
right? Um, or your regulatory bodies like RBI. But in my opinion, um, data security uh, is going to play a major role going forward, right? Um, which basically deals with data both uh, when the data is in storage and when the data is in transit, right? Um, we are frequently hearing a lot of stories about data being um, data being uh, stolen or data being leaked uh, from even some of the major uh, companies, right? Um, I think uh, in terms of the innovation and in terms of the next emerging trends, I think um, cyber security, uh, specifically uh, around data, is uh, one area where I think there will be huge amount of uh, um, innovation that is going to come in, and there will be huge amount of demand as well. It is only nowadays that we are seeing a lot of um, action being happening on that front. Um, um, so people are now moving towards saying, okay, I want to uh, protect the data that I am collecting. Um, I don't want this data to be leaked. I don't want to be the perpetrator who says, who has to go to the consumers and say, hey, we've been responsible for leaking the data and all that. Um, so there are several trends that are emerging, several innovations that will happen, especially in the a data security uh, from a data security point of view okay uh, so uh, you are calling for the uh, calling for raising the security benchmark as a standard practice not just because of compliance uh, but as a proactive measure absolutely i mean uh, that is that is when you can build that trust from a consumer point of view saying hey uh, compliance asks us to do certain things a certain x number of things but we do x plus y right um, mm. so we we go that extra mile to uh, protect your data because we 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 know that your data is important and uh, your data is private right so yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, also on the same point and again uh, i believe it's also about employee awareness uh, building which is imperative uh, chain is as strong as the weakest link and a uh, good example is that uh, recently a password manager and a vault app company uh, encountered a consumer data breach uh, due to a leaked credential on one of the employees laptops so i guess one has to look within to make the controls more stringent and robust and awareness is something that should not be ignored absolutely i think we've spoken a lot about consumer education and consumer training, but you are absolutely right. I mean, uh, um, internal employee training uh, is also needed. Internal employee awareness, uh, making them understand uh, even small, small things like uh, keep, I mean, locking your laptop when you are leaving your terminals um, goes a long way in terms of, I mean, um, the more you drill down these small, small aspects of data security and data awareness, right? I mean, uh, the, the, uh, the employees will then understand and build um, solutions with data security in mind as some of the uh, coding best practices, right? I mean, so data security also becomes one of the inherent uh, things that they will start uh, doing. And in some form or the other, uh, some of the audits that uh, need to be done, uh, that I was mentioning, will also take care of these aspects of, uh, you know, how well the employees of the organization are trained in terms of data security uh, and all that as well. Yes.
Siddharth, the final question to you. Um, can the emerging technologies like blockchain and AI impact uh, data security and uh, consumer trust? Uh, if yes, how so positively, negatively? Uh, I think it would uh, definitely anything, any new technology that will come will always have uh, both the sides of the coin, positively uh -huh. as well as negatively. But uh, if you look at it uh, from a positive process, uh, you know, uh, you know. So as we were thinking, what is the future? And I think uh, we are talking about startups coming into data protection, how the data is stored, managed. So blockchain obviously has a huge huge role to play and I think it's a natural progression it will go there at least uh, the financial industry will adopt it uh, faster uh, than in the, the industry uh, and I think it's already happening right we've already uh, seen a good amount happening over yeah. there so uh, so I think uh, if we focus on the positives these technologies will help right uh, it, it definitely uh, you know, the, the AI itself collects a lot of data, so uh, that becomes uh, the negative part of it. That if uh, you know it's collecting so much of data, it knows so much about you. Uh, but if you look at it from the other side of terms, in terms of uh, avoiding breaches or intelligently managing uh, cyber attacks, so probably AI has a role to play over there as well, right? So. Uh, both these technologies that you mentioned, you know, AI, blockchain, uh, and uh, uh, you know, the futuristic technologies that will come will uh, open both sides uh, of it. What I see more uh, benefit uh, or the positives uh, happening than the you know negatives because uh, the, it will definitely uh, stand in the ecosystem which already exists uh, in terms of. Uh, uh, how uh, data is stored, how data moves, how data is protected, uh, how consumer is informed uh, and how uh, consumer is made aware. And I think we touched upon uh, how the stakeholders like. So so if you in a fintech company, the employee or the uh, you know administrator and all these guys, how they can be taken. I think uh, a lot of these technologies will help there as well. But uh, I would just add on our previous discussion that a uh, lot is already happening. I think uh, uh, the more uh, noise that is happening and more, uh, I think, attacks and frauds that are happening, uh, there is a lot of work that has already happened in the background. At least, uh, you know, uh, we deal with some of the large banks, NBFCs, and quite a few uh, financial services. I think uh, these are a given, right, in terms of the security standards, the vulnerability testing. Uh, there is strictly uh, no let off, you know, that has is a bare minimum without that, uh, you know, nothing can move uh, on a production environment. So I think a lot has happened uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, and I think especially uh, downtime of uh, COVID where, you know, working from home, security had to be beefed up uh, because everything was being accessed uh, remotely. That helped uh, in uh, leapfrogging. Uh, this entire thing. Uh, so uh, I think a lot has happened already. Uh, uh, it's moving at a frantic pace. Uh, but as uh, you know, technology advances, a lot more continues to be done. It is a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, a progression that more technology, more data, uh, more science that we apply, uh, it will generate more weaknesses in the system and they will need to be plugged.
so i think uh, it's a, it's a, you know uh, chicken and egg kind of a problem uh, over there okay uh, but uh, we can say that uh, with uh, the focus on the positive sides uh, it is certainly encouraging absolutely absolutely i think uh, uh, we have lived through so many years right with uh, data mm -hmm. being around right it's not that all of our data is leaked uh, outside so definitely you have to focus on the positive and uh, take uh, embrace new technologies and see how uh, they can uh, help you uh, on the you know and focus on the positive over there okay all right so uh, we have discussed how important consumer trust is and how trust can be built through data protection with transparency, compliance to regulation, and ethical practices. Also, we have gone over the challenges faced in fintech with respect to data protection, and also uh, how these challenges can be overcome with collaboration for trust and careful adoption of emerging technologies. Thank you, Nagin and Siddharth, for sharing your thoughts and views and for this insightful discussion. A pleasure talking with you both. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Sandeepa. And again, uh, pleasure. Uh, I think it was a good conversation. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you, Siddharth. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone listening in. Yes. We shall be back with the next episode shortly.